Hey everybody, welcome to the Life on a Hi-Fi podcast where I have conversations for the soul featuring creators. I am Dominic Justina, for those of you who don't know. The recording I'm about to show you was pre-recorded from last year, spotlighting TK, a super talented musician, songwriter, producer, singer outside of LA. All I He's had to beat many odds to get there. I was led to reach out to TK through Instagram and it was just a sure thing in my mind that he needed to be on the podcast. Not only do I believe that TK is already super talented and will continue to gain success, I also believe that TK's story is meant to be a source of inspiration for many others. If you're on YouTube, remember to like and subscribe. If you're listening on any podcast platform, and that platform allows you to give a review, go ahead and give Life on Hi-Fi a five-star rating. Now, what that will do is make sure that the algorithm is on our side. Without further ado, let's dive in. When I am in those situations where there's an opportunity, I'm approaching it like an athlete. Like, this is my opportunity to execute and to like showcase everything that I've trained for up until this point. You're listening to Life on Hi-Fi, the podcast, and I'm your host, Dominic Justina. What is your creative process like? My creative process. You're good so, at many things, eh? Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like you are. Play. I mean, I'm a singer, obviously. Yeah. I rap. I produce. Um, yeah. DJ. I DJ. I play mm -hmm. four instruments, and I also engineer my music. So. My creative Wait, process. you engineer your music on your own? Mm. Damn. I do. Yeah, I've been like an I've been a studio engineer like since I was a teenager too. So like so basically during high school I went and like I waited till Black Friday, like around Black Friday, and I went around my neighborhood and I raked a bunch of leaves <laughs> and like shoveled <laughs> snow around my neighborhood. And I went and I bought like my first keyboard and like my first USB microphone. My dad had bought me a computer at the time or like a couple years before that. And I just went online, and, like cracked Fruity Loop software, which means I downloaded it illegally. <laughs> and I literally just locked myself in my room for the entire school year. And I just learned how to produce. And I would go, I just remember like, I would start making beats and I would go to school and I would just give beats out to like all the different artists. I would record my own songs. I would post them on the social media platforms. And people like started to know me as like, you know, the the music kid that was like making songs. Mm -hmm. And then like, I started working at a studio, which I'll talk about that probably a little later, but I started working at a studio and somebody came in one day and was like, I was only a producer, but he was like, yo, I'll pay you $50 an hour to teach me how to engineer. And I was like, oh, damn. I don't know how to engineer, but I'll definitely take $50 an hour. So I was teaching myself as I was teaching this person. And so sometimes like the best way, to, the best way to learn is to teach. And because I was like on the hot seat so much, I learned very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, it just kind of spiraled into me doing a lot of engineering for other artists. 
So I've produced and written and engineered for hundreds of artists like over the years. And so I'm very able to take all of that skill and apply it to what I do as, as an artist as well. Do you think it's always been that way where your music would come to you? Or do you feel like it's years of, you know, practice, locking yourself in your room, writing and engineering for hundreds of artists that it now it's lives within you? Yeah. Because I'm like, that's a, that's amazing that you could be in a shower and an entire song comes to you. Yeah. Like, it's so funny because any, like every song that you'll hear now, yeah. like, I don't know how, what you've been able to listen to, but like Heaven on Earth, which was a song I just put on Spotify. It was like my first music NFT. That song came yeah. to me in the shower. Password, I think I was trying to, I was trying to collaborate with an artist and I just like, was like, <laughs> hmm, what, what sounds like it would work for her? And then the song just came immediately. What a disaster, cause we're moving faster. I know that you ask, maybe I'm shutting you down. Okay, if you need the answer, then love is the password. The key to the castle forever and now. Floating in the wind, but I'm scared cause I'm tripping over you. But that is like years of, that's years of practice. Like 10, mm -hmm. 12, 14, 15 hour days in the studio. You know, I was in a band for eight years that I started in high school. So like learning different styles of music from different artists, studying, you know, I was in performing arts groups like that traveled the country, singing and dancing and learning every, you know, era of music. Like I've just been completely immersed. And so I kind of just have this, I don't know, backlog of just musical ideas. People don't realize, but a lot of my musical ideas come from early, early, like African gospel music. Because people ask me a lot, they're like, oh, did you like sing in church? I'm like, yeah, I did. And like, there's a lot of like contemporary Christian, I guess, you know, chord progressions and sounds in my music. But if you listen to like African praise and worship music from like the 90s, <laughs> you like, you'll be like, oh, okay. All right, I get it now. And all of that, is, I don't listen to any of that today, but all of that was like my entire childhood. Was you that know, your mom? Was that like largely mom, your mom? For sure. And my yeah. grandma a little bit, but definitely my mom. Like if I get yeah. in the car my mom, like that's what she's that's what she's playing. That's and what so she, that's what's up. I feel like music raised you. Or like you just am not embodied. You immersed yourself into so much music everywhere. So much music. Every freaking where. Did mention you worked with Will Smith on some oh, music with suicide squad there's a story there i mean so like i was doing a lot of the um like i was working on a lot of music with Jaden and willow early mm -hmm. um i think i mentioned that at the beginning and then by virtue of that like you know will was working on some music none of it came out but you know we worked on a lot of music together um my first year in la so i was like 20 2015 it was a while back um and yeah, they were, he was shooting Suicide Squad, the, the first one um, in Toronto. And so we like built a studio in his hotel room and, you know, we would go to set and just hang out and like whatever, like they would be on set. They got this like big military base that they rented out to shoot the whole thing. And then we would go back to the, to the hotel room and just work on music all night. And we probably made like two albums worth of music um, 
and insane. Like, yeah. now nah, he's like an, an you know incredible person. Like, really, the person that you see is like who he is, and very integral, very smart. Learned a lot from working with him and working like on on that music, those projects, and just kind of being around, um, soaking up all of the knowledge and inspiration. Yeah. I mean, he was like my biggest inspiration for a long time. You're working with Will Smith. What's going through your mind? Well, the thing is, that's the thing that's crazy about it is like, I met him on my second day in LA. So yeah, so like I knew like his creative director wanted me to come out and like work on music. And they're like, yeah, we're gonna fly you out. And they didn't fly me out. So then like a month later, I was like, all right, I'm just flying myself out there. So I just went out there. And I remember having a meeting with him the first day and well, meeting with his creative director the first day. And then the second day I was at, at their house in Calabasas. And um, man, I just remember like, he just walked through the door and I was just like, is this even real? <laughs> like, what? like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's come on, man. Like, and just cool, just a cool dude. Uh, I just remember leaving that situation being like, like, that's all I needed to see for the rest of my time in the industry. Cause I'm like, if he can be a regular guy, you know what I mean? And like treat people with kindness and just like be cool. Then mm -hmm. there's no excuse for anybody else. Cause we're talking about like one of the top five most famous people on the planet. Yeah. But I just remember even at that point being like, wow, like you've come a long way. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's that should definitely be kid. one of the moments for you. Yeah, like, just being that kid that just wanted to like, you know, yeah. you know, I've done a lot. Like even before that, I had done a lot of things. Like I've toured the country, I've played festivals, like performed in front of thousands of people even before that point. So I had like accomplished a lot, but all of it was still very much so like indie touring, like artists like on the come up, you know? And then that was my first like, oh, I'm really in the entertainment industry. Did you, what did you were you raised in LA? No, 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 absolutely not. So <laughs> my childhood, okay, I'll take it back. So um I was born in Rhode Island. So I was born in the US. Um, but when I was younger, when I well, I was like still an infant, I moved to the UK. So I lived in South London. Um for a while. And like living out there, I think had a lot to do with just my uh, progression as a musician, even just from a really early age. So it was just me and my mom, we just lived in a, I don't know, a two bedroom apartment um, or a flat, you would call it in the UK. Um, we moved around a lot back then, but I, I have memories of like one specific place that we lived in that was like kind of my, most of my early childhood memories. Mm -hmm. um, but my mom used to like sing in church and uh, she was kind of my first inspiration just for like wanting to be a singer and like all of that, right? So um, like all of us, I was obsessed with Disney movies. I would watch them and sing and take pencils and play drums on the, you know, the VHS boxes. I was a pretty musical kid. I think when I was like five years old, um, that was when I fell in love with pop music. And because I was in the UK, I was influenced by artists like the Beatles, Coldplay, Robbie Williams, um, Craig David was huge. For me, S Club 7 
And then there was like the legends like Michael Jackson, Madonna, Destiny's Child. Um, and I wanted to be like all of them really. Wow. At the same time, um, yeah, like my dream was like to perform, you know, has been to perform in like in front of thousands of people. When I was around like nine, 10 years old, I moved to the US. I moved back to the US, I should say, uh, to stay with my grandparents. I'm first generation Nigerian. Anybody with immigrant parents, I think knows what um, that experience is like, especially as a creative. I think in a lot of ways, I grew up feeling very isolated because most immigrant parents want you to be like doctor, lawyer, engineer yeah. type five, you know, the yeah. typical story. Having that upbringing just as a first generation um, Nigerian kid in PG County, Maryland, I think put a lot of things in perspective for me just about people, about the world, about the human condition, um, the relationship between Africans and African-Americans. I knew like, okay, I still had these dreams, right? I always had this like conviction. I watched a lot of like anime and cartoons when I was younger and like the things that are programmed to boys is like be confident and follow your dreams and never give up and all of that stuff. So I took a lot of that um, internally, I think. And once I made, had my mind made up that I wanted to pursue music, I kind of just jumped into it. I wouldn't say I was shy necessarily or, or that like I just had all the confidence in the world, but I was very courageous. So even if I didn't know for sure that I was amazing at something, I was definitely always going to try and I was going to put my best foot forward as much as I could, you know? So I remember like I joined, you know, elementary school choir and the teacher made all of us sing, you know, one by one. And I remember as soon as I started singing, everybody in the room was like, oh my God. And as soon as that, that was all I needed, that moment was all I needed for the rest of my life. I was like, okay. <laughs> what actually got you into music? S Club 7 was by far my, my, my biggest inspiration, you know? They were like a pop group in the UK and they were all pretty young. And I was like, damn, I want to be in S Club 7. I like wanted to be in the group, you know? Mm -hmm. So like wanting that inclusivity um, and just watching what they were doing, I thought that was like really inspiring for me. And then they had S Club Juniors, which was all kids that was my age. So then I felt super left out. I was like watching them on TV and I was seeing kids that were my age that were like accomplishing these things. So when I got to the US, like I joined every performing arts group that you could think of. I studied every decade of music from like the 50s up until now. I sang in classical choirs, gospel choirs, jazz band, marching band. Um, I was just in love with the infinite possibilities of music and I was determined to master as many of them as I could. So while I became very proficient um, in the performing arts realm, um, I was still very novice to the recording arts. And, you know, Throughout this time, I'm going to church, I'm seeing people play music, I'm seeing people singing in front of crowds of people. I'm like, I know that I want to do this as a career and I cause I know how far you can really take it. But like, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning so much at this time, you know? Um, but I remember like just going through, through all of this classical and jazz training, like throughout elementary school and, and middle school, um, all of that really fortified what I wanted to do. And I was just watching so many different artists that were just like, just big inspirations to me. I always felt like music was just my calling and my passion. Mm -hmm. And so I just stuck with it. One thing about, I guess, growing up poor <laughs> and like 
having immigrant parents is like, you know, I, there's just a lot at stake, you know, like you can't be the person that's not achieving, I guess, at a high level. And so mm -hmm. I guess I kind of had that chip on my shoulder to just want to succeed at whatever I was doing. And once I decided like that was it, then I really just like focused. What I realized as you speak is that how sensitive you were to like the influences around you. I, I could see, like, I definitely see what you're saying. Because a lot of people, I think they watch celebrities or people that do great things. And are just like, oh my God, that's amazing that like he did that. And I guess my approach to it is like, I can do that too. Exactly. I, I don't feel... actually know what that comes from. <laughs> if they can mm. do it, why can't I? Or if they're doing it now, what can I learn to get to their position versus like seeing it 12 times removed as if this person is doing something that's not even in your realm. It's like you humanize the person. Man, empathy was a big part for sure. Cause I'm a very empathetic person. Like I get second, I get secondhand embarrassment like this. Like if somebody's going through something, like I feel like it's me for sure. Mm -hmm. So that's probably I never looked at empathy in like that that like reverse perspective. I kind of always looked at empathy as like oh, if someone's going through something, I can understand what they're going through, and like I would be very sensitive to what they're going through. But empathy does also work in the in the reverse, where like great things that happen to the people, I think inspire me yeah no way i never yeah. wow okay you that feel that sense. great thing as yeah. if it's almost close to you like you're just like whoa and mm -hmm. that i think that like can help prevent you from you know jealousy because jealousy is human nature and mm -hmm. you can think damn that person's so talented or you could be like damn good for that person i wonder no, that's that's real that's so real if anything i'm just like okay that's proof of concept like okay it can't be there done. you go yeah or you know like okay bet like all right i see you like i'm, I'm gonna be right there too and that's always yeah. kind of my approach to it um yeah. it's inspiration hmm. really it's inspiration yeah. what so, do you love most about the industry uh opportunity that's really it because there's like a lot of great things about the industry and there's a lot of very dark things about the industry, I think. And I'm more so the type of person to gravitate towards real, authentic, like vibes and energy, finding my tribe, uh, finding people with like integrity and a moral compass. And it's very easy to get lost um, in the entertainment industry. But what I can't ever discredit is that the amount of opportunity that's available to you if you just put yourself in a close enough proximity to the things that are happening is like it's crazy like i remember moving from my hometown and people being like how are you gonna move if you don't have any money and i was like man if i could be broke in laurel like which is my hometown like i could be broke in la because there's so much more opportunity out here for me to actually make something out of myself mm -hmm. and so um when it comes to the industry, definitely the opportunity is, is what I probably love about it the most. And then you just have to make the best of it, best of what you're, you know, afforded and just yeah. try and stay as true to yourself as you can. I love that. You have the most beautiful answers. So Thank you. you talk about opportunity. You also talk about being in the right place at the right time. The fact that you met Will Smith on day two of moving to LA, like that's wild. 
can you share a little bit more about how you seize opportunities when they come your way what's the quote the quote is uh preparation opportunity that thing yes uh what is it success is, it is where preparation, preparation meets opportunity opportunity yeah there we go yeah so i've been preparing for this my entire life yeah you sure have yeah you know what i mean and like never half-assed it like really put all of myself into being the best at what i do when i am in those situations where there's an opportunity i'm approaching it like an athlete like this is my opportunity to execute and to like showcase everything that i've trained for up until this point um and to do the best job that i can do at the end of the day music art it's all a matter of taste like it's hard for me to influence what somebody is gonna like but i whatever i'm asked to do i can at least do the best version of that you know mm -hmm. um that i can possibly do and if mm -hmm. i'm able to do that then i'm i'm happy with myself regardless of the outcome with all your experience today what do you wish you knew before you started music aye, aye, aye. um I feel like I'm literally causing you pain through the screen. Man. <laughs> I think about all this stuff a lot, you know? So it's okay. like, I, I, I have like a hundred answers for all of these things. One thing that I've been kind of telling people or saying pretty often is like, find, like in every situation, like, figure out what value you can provide or, you know, what you have to offer. Because I feel like I spent a lot of my career because I was trying to make it and because I didn't really have anything to give anybody. It was always like, okay, this is what I do. I'm great. I'm awesome. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. You know? And the sad reality of about just a lot of relationships, especially in the entertainment industry is that everything is transactional. And so that's why a lot of artists will find themselves in difficult situations. It's because, okay, you're bringing your talent and all of that stuff. And that can be good for consumers, right? Or for somebody that enjoys your talent. But for me as an executive or as an investor, or as even another artist that might be a little further along than you are, yeah. what's in it for me, right? And yeah. that's where artists get into bad deals and, you know, things like that. Um, I realized once, you know, I got more mature and once I like kind of established myself more and actually like had things to offer and was creating space for other people, I started to get everything that I wanted. Um, and so I feel like I did this, uh, you know, quite a bit like early on, but I would say, I just wish I at least knew that so i would go into every situation thinking like okay what is the best thing that i can offer to this person if i'm about to have this conversation you know what is one way that i can help make their life easier or provide some value or support something that they might be building you know as opposed to like trying to figure out how this opportunity can benefit me um mm -hmm. and so that's something that i tell to anybody in any aspect of life you know figure out how you can be of service to, to someone else and most of the time like that that will return itself to you so mm. 
We rise by lifting others. Do you have mentors? I had a really, really, really important person in my life. His name was Carlos Garcia. Mm -hmm. So like right after I graduated high school, I was homeless. I was like, I don't know like what I'm about to do. Like I, I knew I was gonna do music. I like went around my neighborhood applying for jobs everywhere. Nobody would hire me. There happened to be a recording studio um, in my city. And one of the, the uh, one of my band members was like, yo, come to the studio and like, let's do a session. He was trying to get a job there. So I remember going to the studio and being in there, like I immediately like was singing hooks for people and I was like making beats for people. And Los, Carlos, we call him Los. He like saw my talent. He like saw the vision in me and was like, yo, do you need like studio space? Like, do you need a place to stay? Like if you need, you can like crash at the studio, you know, just take care of the spot and like just work, you know? Mm -hmm. And he literally provided me my first real life recording like professional recording studio experience like basically for free and let me live there and like would pay for food then my band members started coming into the studio you know my classmates would come to the studio like anybody that, that made music and that became our little like hub or like nucleus for like the lost kids that <laughs> were making music in my city yeah we like i was in that band for eight years and he was managing us for like six of those years and he literally just like funded everything that we wanted to do. He managed us, like he was our mentor. He was like an older brother to us. He made sure that everybody was taken care of, like type of person that you only meet once in your life, to be honest, like real talk. Um, everybody, there was just like a, one huge family of us and everybody like really leaned on him. And he was somebody that I learned so much from, but then also just like modeled a lot of my personality and my, my decision-making after. Um, and so he's definitely a legend in my hometown for sure. Uh, and just within the hearts of so many people, he passed away in 2018, was it 2018? November. Yeah. 20, he was, he passed away in 2018. Um, and I just remember like everybody i've never been that devastated in my life like everybody was devastated because this is like he was like the nucleus for a lot of us like he was like our guide our mentor our like guy you know mm -hmm. um so there's i say i like to say like a mentor is like so important because you really carry on their work you know and you really carry on their essence and i realized that though, even though he passed away there were so many people on this earth that were like he was still living like through a lot of us, you know? And so like that kind of gives me, that's like what consoles me like through that whole process. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting because like, I'm the same age now as Los was when I first met him. And oh. yeah. Wow. You know, so it's like, wow. sheesh, like it's really, obviously we need mentors regardless but like i find myself more and more as like, like even when i was young but like even getting to this age is like being that person that is creating space for other people and like being there for other people and giving people advice and like just like kind of the same things that he was doing like back then so mm -hmm. yeah. i hope he's his soul is at peace 
what were your grandparents thinking about this or your parents or your mom specifically you living at the studio you being there this perfect stranger just taking you in supporting your career so like at that time i think you know my mom was was going through her own like financial like issues too Mm -hmm. um and so she wasn't necessarily in a position to be able to facilitate me or like how like i wasn't able to stay with her or things like that you know and so um I don't know. It's interesting because we never like really had that conversation, but I'm sure any parents got to be like worried, like, okay, what's happening? Like, what is my kid doing like out here just at this place? Right. And then like, you know, there were some things going on there that, you know, (laughs) I can't necessarily say. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think nobody really, like nobody really could tell me anything like, because nobody was taking care of me, you know, nobody was making sure that I was like good for real besides my family at that studio. And so um, I think from that from that perspective, like there never really was a conversation. And then once my mom like really got to meet Los and, you know, got to know him and all the above, she realized that like he's an amazing person and she felt very comfortable with me like being around there and, you know, my dad not being in my life since like I was like 15. Um, I'm sure she probably thought like, okay, he needs some like some, you know, male, male in his yeah. life that are positive. So I'm sure that was cool. Uh by this point I had like completely I was not living with my grandparents at all. Um, I don't think there was ever a point where they thought I was gonna take music seriously. Honestly, like even though I was doing so many musical things and I was like, you know, I had my computer at home and I would like work on music all the time. But I thought they're probably just thinking like, okay, whatever, it's a hobby. He's like, you know, keeping them off the streets and all of that stuff. So we never really like ever talked about it. And then like, I didn't talk to my extended family for years. Um, but yeah. like, it's funny cause now they see all the things that I'm doing and they're just like, wow, you know, they're so proud of you. All this stuff, I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> you know, I was keeping right, yeah. So I've been telling y'all, but yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes you have to show people, sometimes you can't convince them with your words, mm. and showing them is a lot more impactful than mm-hmm. trying to explain it. Explain it, yeah, not for sure. I mean, I think even creatively, like any idea that I've ever had, I feel like I've had to show somebody, like, I've had to prove the concept, I've had to, like create the idea or do whatever just mm-hmm. to see it and be like oh okay i get the vision now you know mm-hmm. until you find those people that you can just speak to and they get it immediately so i asked this, this is the last question i asked this to every guest who comes on the show and as you know the show is called life on hi-fi mm-hmm. what has your life on hi-fi that basically is asking you what has you wanting to live your life on hi-fi your best life what makes me want what has me wanting to live my best life Sheesh. why have you come all this way when you put it that way i think that's different it is yeah i guess when you say like why have you come all this way right because that's like what's motivating you to come all yeah. this way yeah i would just go with my first answer 
my first answer was my son has my life on hi-fi I have a four-year-old and he is the light of my life and he's just like the dopest kid and like it's interesting because like when I see him like because he looks just like me Mm -hmm. Um, and so like I see him and I'm just like that you that was me at one point you know and like there's just so much opportunity and I don't know I don't want to say opportunity there's just so much like that this world has to offer if you're willing to take it and I think like at one point I was I was him and then I got a little bit older and I started to see like all of the just like the blessings I guess that the world have had to offer and like just to see where I am now and like what I went through and what I was willing to do to get to this point um he's kind of the the additional motiv- motivation you know because it's like I it, it helps me rem- like it, it reminds me of who I was or who I used to be that is a really great answer <laughs> because, like, that's a really great answer I'm not gonna lie your son it's a really great answer <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,